Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. My name's Emmett Man. Rate, review, subscribe on your podcast platforms and on YouTube. Like, subscribe there as well. Joining me today in the first of a few videos that we'll be doing around teams that are interested in OG and Anobi. Yes, we're here now. Who would have thought? Um, is Gerald Bourget, uh, lead Suns writer for PHNX Sports. Sir, how are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Uh, as we were talking about off air, I can't believe we're here. Didn't think we we're going to get here, you know, going off last season. I had a pretty good feeling about the Toronto Raptors and even everyone thought that what they were doing was really cool. And, you know, top six seemed like it was definitely doable, but here we are. They're on this road trip that's gone pretty bad, actually. And um, the rumors are rampant. And one of the teams that have been rumored to be interested in OG and Anobi is the Phoenix Suns. So, Keeping this uh, short, sweet, and to the point, in your opinion, and also the Suns in general, like what is the appeal of OG and Anobi? Yeah, I think looking at it from the Suns' perspective, obviously, if you have OG and Anobi joining the mix, and if you're able to keep Mikhail Bridges out of that trade conversation, you now have probably the premier wing tandem defensive duo in the NBA mm-hmm. with those two. Bridges was runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year last year. And Anobi is a guy that can defend pretty much all five positions capably. Yep. Um, and, and just all that length, all that intelligence, all that end of the floor is incredible. And he's no slouch offensively either, just looking at his numbers and his efficiency. Um, he can spread the floor a little bit and he would give them a certified option as a small ball five if they ever wanted to go small with a death lineup. Um, so there's definitely a lot of appeal uh, looking at it from a son's perspective. The question, of course, is, what would they need to give up? How many picks would they have to layer mm. on top of it if they want to keep their core guys intact? And would that be enough for Toronto? And we'll get to some of that stuff in a second. What's gone down in Phoenix? Is it just injuries that have uh, impacted them? Yeah, I, I think injuries have definitely, I mean, Devin Booker's missed the, he's missed every game since Christmas and he had yeah. missed a couple before that. DA's missed time. Chris Paul missed a whole month and then another two weeks mm. with a separate injury. Like those things have just piled up. So it's obviously a disappointing year when you look at their record and they're only a game above 500. But yeah, uh, they haven't had, they've had their preferred starting five available for like six or seven games. Um, mm. and, and they were at top of the West before Devin Booker yeah. got hurt. So it, it's a tough break for them. And Jay Crowder not playing this season, um, yes. I'm sure has been a problem. <laughs> and look, like they're trying to get a wing stopper like OG Anobi while they have Jay Crowder sitting at home doing whatever <laughs> he's doing. Um, that's been weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it has been very strange. And, and I was honestly very surprised by it because Jay, yeah. up until this whole situation went down, was the consummate pro here. Um, guys love him. They still defend him and stick up for him and say, look, his deal is his deal. That's the business side of things. We all still love Jay. Um, yeah. But it's, it's just a very strange situation, honestly. 
So you need someone, you need a wing stopper. And uh, that is a premium right now in the NBA. Everyone wants a few wing stoppers and the Raptors have at least one of them for sure. Um, and OG, as you said, he can guard one through five. Is there anything you're curious about OG? Um, his season has been a little bit up and down and, you know, there's all mm-hmm. these rumors about him being unhappy. Is he unhappy? Is he not unhappy? I don't know. Um, but yeah, the floor is yours. Anything you want to know? Cause I can help out probably. Yeah, I, I am curious because obviously being so close to the Suns, you only have so much time to watch other teams on a night-to-night basis. But I am curious about what you've seen from him offensively because I know a lot of Suns fans that are maybe hesitant about OG are looking at this roster and saying, we need a certified number two guy next to Devin Booker. Like Chris Paul has been that, but he's kind of, you know, he's aging, obviously. Mikhail Bridges yeah. has played great recently, but maybe is he that guy in the playoffs? We haven't seen it yet. So I am curious, what does OG kind of bring to the table that's good, and where does he still need to improve? And Bridges is really impressive. That game against the Raptors a few <laughs> days ago, those pull-up twos late late in the game. Oh, yeah. And those are serious. Tough. Very, very good. <laughs> yeah, OG, he's an interesting one um, because he's shown flashes at times that he could actually be, you know, a number two option. When Pascal Siakam has been injured the past two seasons, his numbers actually like over the course of that span, he's mm-hmm. averaging like, you know, 20 points per game, around 48% shooting. Um, the assists are there. He's a good facilitator as a driver. Um, he's mm-hmm. willing, willing passer. Like when it comes to, you know, we driving and hitting some bigs for dump offs, he can do that. Um, very smart player. However, there are some some interesting parts of OG's offense and it's not always pretty. I think that's fair to say, right? Sometimes it's a bit awkward when he takes those pull-up twos and when he's driving to the basket, you know, his percentages haven't been great this season for sure. They've taken a dip. Um, But in terms of being a three and D player, he's one of the best in the NBA Um, on corner threes. He's shooting 42% at least from each corner Um, above the break. Isn't exactly the same, but with the Toronto Raptors over the past few seasons, he has been, absolutely great at that mm-hmm. role right and when it comes to attacking closeouts he can do that um and then he'll make the extra pass he'll find the open man so that's all good so i don't know if he's going to be your number two um i think he believes that he could be a number two right now and when he's been given those opportunities it's been a little bit hit and miss um mm-hmm. and also lately um his role on the raptors offensively has been a little bit strange it's been up and down it hasn't been consistent and it looks like he's also conflicted with when does he take a shot? When does he drive? And at points, honestly, it's like he's just throwing up a shot because he wants to, because he hasn't shot yeah. the ball in a while. Um, right. And then it looks really strange. So that's his story right now. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that sounds that sounds like a lot of, not what the Suns have in terms of like just taking a shot because they feel like they haven't taken one. But as far as like um, having, they kind of honestly have like four number two options that they kind of shuffle through without any Mm. one of them being like the established one. And it feels like OG would either be a great fit in continuing that cycle, or it would be the same kind of problem recurring, depending on how you look at that situation. DeAndre Ayton, what's been going on with him? We know the Mm -hmm. off-season story, and actually Josh Lewenberg, a reporter in Toronto, um, released Mm -hmm. a piece a few hours ago saying that the Raptors were really close to nabbing DeAndre Ayton into some sort of sign-and-trade. What has uh, been the vibes with DeAndre this year? They've been interesting, for sure. And, And I do think a lot of the outside criticism narratives have started to kind of seep in to his head a little bit Mm -hmm. Um, these guys aren't oblivious to what's being said about them and the fan base is particularly hard on him it's been he's regressed this year as a rim protector Um, you look at the stats and Bismack Biombo and even Jock Landale 
have been a lot better defending the rim than he has. So that defensive regression hasn't been great offensively. He hasn't really added Mm -hmm. the ability to create much of his own offense, which you kind of need to do if he's going to be your number two guy. Um, He's still a very good player. I think the expectations of him as a number one pick, as a guy who just signed a max contract were a lot higher than what he's been getting. But it could be a situation where a fresh start would really help bring him some peace of mind and let him just play basketball because it is tough when you have, you know, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Monty Williams in your ear. And he's taken a lot of the brunt of that. He's he's always been good about receiving constructive criticism and and putting Mm -hmm. it into play. But just keeping the focus on a night to night basis and being consistent in doing all of those things has been the struggle. So I, I think he's still happy here. He loves his guys. But I do think there's something to the fact that there's a lot weighing on his mind right now as far as the way this fan base perceives him. Um, And so maybe, you know, he does have the ability to veto any trade uh, up until the year deadline as far as when he signed that offer sheet. Mm -hmm. But I, I, depending on the situation, I'm not sure if he would veto it. So it's something to think about for sure. Yeah, the, the two games that he's faced the Raptors, there seems to be like a lacking of physicality as a big man, like creating space and making the paint your own. Yeah. Um, and it's been odd because he is, he's huge. Right. Yeah. And even you mentioned, <laughs> like I was looking at his numbers uh, before the podcast and like 0.7 blocks per game. That doesn't sound right for someone his size. No, it's, it's bad. And it's, it's like, there was that one play the other night against the Raptors where Van Vliet was the low man, the help guy. And oh, DA yeah. had that layup and he just kind of like softly late and missed. <laughs> Like, take a dribble and dunk it. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, Van Vliet's yeah. a great defender, yeah. but he's not a rim protector, man. You got to flush. No, that. man, not at all. I mean, <laughs> so... he's got he's got heavy hands. Fred's known for that, but uh, mm. there's a bit of stage fright in that moment of what is Fred <laughs> going to do to me, even though he's like half my size. <laughs> yeah, well, it was, and that's and like I at the arena, you could just hear the groan from the crowd, like, oh my god, like just dunk it or just go up strong yeah. with it. Um, And there have been moments like that this season where, like you said, he just doesn't have the physicality that you would expect a guy that's that, you know, he's chiseled like a Greek God. Like he should be throwing people around in the lane, but he just, he doesn't always have that mindset. Um, And the rim protection thing, you look at it, like opponents are shooting like 15% worse against busy. They're shooting like 9% worse against jock at the rim Mm. for DA. I think last I checked, they were shooting like 0.1% worse against DA at the rim, which oh. that's just got to be better if you're a starting center yeah. in this league. It does. Mm-hmm. I mean, with OG and Anobi, and I mentioned some of his pitfalls as a as a number two option. And I guess as we've talking about, uh, DeAndre Ayton has some of those pitfalls as well. But when it comes to just like being uh, within an offensive system that has a lot of creativity, that has a lot of movement, he does thrive. And he's a great cutter um, facilitator, as I said earlier. Um, he's great at that. And uh, post-ups, I think his numbers have dipped there this season, but I think that's more of a product of the Raptors' lack of spacing, which I think the Suns are better off in that category. And mm-hmm. when the if the space is there and he's got to find a, a shooter in the corner or for a kickout, like he can do it and he'll do it happily. Actually, it's just um, the vibes have been very off all season with the Raptors. So it's almost hard to judge him based off what we've seen this season because of how just off everything has been. Um, but defensively, I mean, he's going to help you. 
He is going yeah. to help you. He's going to help you huge. And I'm actually curious what he would look like as a defender with a rim protector. If it's, you know, DeAndre Aiden, maybe he's not the rim protector that he once was, but he's still seven feet tall. And mm-hmm. Bismack Biombo, like it's going to allow OG to be that much more aggressive on the perimeter. And he was like, right now, I think he's leading the league in deflections. He's like second in steals. And uh, when it comes to recovering loose balls, I think he's in the top 10 as mm-hmm. well so if you tap into that you get like an extra an extra level of that um you're going to be in a really good spot you're going to be creating offense out of your defense which as we know the raptors love doing um <laughs> but i mean non-restricted paint shots for og this season he's shooting 36 percent. i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use linkedin jobs LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Barnes is at 43, Siakam's at 45, and he's shooting 63% in the restricted area. So when it comes to dunks, good. But floaters, um, <laughs> floaters, <Yeah. laughs> uh, being able to, you know, vault up and, you know, two feet down, vault up and hit a, a floater hasn't been there all the time. Um, he does enjoy his uh, fadeaway mid-range game a little bit. He does have a bit of a, a bit of that as well, but it's just very up and down. So. Yeah, that's that's interesting because, uh, you know, obviously with Book, CP, now Mikhail Bridges, even DA to a certain extent, the Suns do have a lot of guys that can operate in that mid-range spot as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I was curious about that I forgot to ask you, how is he as far as, you know, you've talked about the drives and, and being able to shoot well around the rim, maybe not in the intermediate area there. Yeah. Um, but how is he in terms of drawing fouls and getting to the free throw line? Because that's definitely something the Suns have struggled with. I mean, he would say that he's very good at it, um, but the officials don't <laughs> always respect him. <laughs> I would say yeah. <laughs> um, countless occasions this year. He's been asked about it. He's like, you know, I just don't get the calls. They don't think it's a foul. He's very strong. Right. Yeah. So he's got that works against him in a way that he thinks he's getting fouled. Um, but the officials are saying not so much now, as we know, in the NBA, if you are doing something consistently enough, you'll get the respect yeah. eventually. Um, it'll, right. it'll take some time, but he's still learning about that aspect of his game. He does um, draw a lot of charges, right, because mm-hmm. he is going really heavily to the basket. Um, I actually think that and I think the Suns would do this better than the Raptors, that if they were able to get him, you know, curling off some pin downs or just going to the rim with momentum, mm-hmm. um, I think that would be a, a great asset for him because he does have some some craft around the basket. Like when it comes to, you know, recognizing that second level of defense, he mm-hmm. does it and it's it can be look really impressive at times. Just other times it's not always there. But again, I think the spacing that Phoenix would have would really be an asset to him. And I think you'd probably see some of those numbers in the paint go up because the spacing is that much better. 
Yeah, that would be interesting because the Suns, I think, are still top 10 in three-point percentage, even with, you know, guys being out recently. And yeah. they do a good job with a lot of their elbow sets and some of the pin-down curling screens that they ha- that they run of getting their wings the ball and giving them that momentum. So that, that would be an interesting fit if he's able to kind of capitalize on that kind of thing. Okay, the fun part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is your trade for Masai Ujiri and Bobby Webster to ponder? We can go through a couple. Um, I'll throw mm-hmm. in some things, um, maybe fill in some gaps if you just if we haven't talked about it. But yeah, what's your trade? Yeah, so I am curious about whether the obviously we've talked a lot about DA. Um, and I am curious as to whether, from your opinion, the Suns would prefer a DA-centered package or would they prefer like a Cam Johnson? and heavier on the picks maybe package see if you're asking me um like because of the rumored interest that we have heard um it seems like they'd be more interested in something with the deandre ayton um Mm -hmm. and they have been lacking rim protection like pressure the chua over the past few weeks has done a pretty great pretty good job as being Mm -hmm. like a small ball five but you're still lacking like that length you know that rim protector length to just negate passing angles and make things really hard on opposing bigs precious is good at it he can do it in spurts and there could be you know scenarios where he is closing and he could be that guy but Joel Embiid Nikola Jokic Jonas Valanciunas these guys you need someone um Mm -hmm. so I think the Raptors are prioritizing that they haven't had a rim protector since Marcus All and Serge Ibaka Mm -hmm. and they haven't really filled that hole for a long time. Me personally, I'm not sure if I want to spend that kind of money and commit it to DeAndre Ayton. However, mm-hmm. Cam Johnson, I really like. I like Cam yeah. Johnson a lot. <laughs> I think he's a he's a really talented player, 6'8", 210, um, a great three-point shooter. It's that kind of shooting pedigree the Raptors could be lacking because we don't know what they're going to be doing with Gary Trent Jr. yet. Um, And also Fred VanVleet too. We don't know what they're going to be doing. So um, this is all going to be part of things that they consider. But if it was a package like, I don't know, Cam Johnson, and what would be another name that would come to mind for you to fill in that that kind of a trade? See, it's tricky because a lot of the, I mean, they do have a lot of flexibility in terms of which guys they could offer. I'm guessing if they're trading Cam Johnson, they're keeping DA, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikhail Bridges, and trying to build it around, you know, like expiring salaries and then keep on like two picks or something. So mm-hmm. uh, one that I threw out there, Cam Johnson, Jay Crowder's expiring and then two first rounders. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know if that gets it done for Toronto, if that's in the ballpark. I mean, Cam, like I, I love Cam. He's a lot of people here are not even sure that they want to trade Cam for OG. I think OG's the better player. Um, but you know, with him being a restricted free agent and being able to be yeah. kind of in control of his next contract, um, it's a tough one. And I, I do think the injury, unfortunately for him kind of works against him in terms of what he's going to be able to sign for, but mm-hmm. he has been phenomenal when he's been on the court this season. Um, I like that package, but if we're, we're looking at like a DA center trade, um, yeah. mathematically like DA and Crowder for, Ananobi and Gary Trent works if you heap on like three first rounders. Right. Um, and that that helps, you know, add a little bit of shooting for the Suns. It gives the Raptors DA and the three picks that they're rumored to want for Ananobi. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they'd be willing to, you know, kind of throw Trent in there as well for an expiring like Crowder, but uh something to think about. 
Sure. And I don't think the Raptors would be trading for Jay Crowder. I think it would be some part of some bigger trade that, that they flip him to Milwaukee. I think they were a team that's been interested in yeah. him. Um, if he wasn't involved and it was just DA, um, I mean, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, Landry Shamit, uh, I think he's an interesting player only in the sense that he just he would be a rotation piece and he's under contract mm-hmm. for a lot of years and the Raptors don't have a very good rotation right now. Um, it's yeah. been God awful actually. Um, they have like nearly zero guard depth. Um, okay. So if the Raptors and like, this is the interesting part about the Raptors and what they're trying to do is like, are you trying to build around Scotty Barnes? Or are mm. you going to be keeping, you know, Fred Van Bleed? Are you going to re-sign him and just, you know, roll with uh, Scotty Barnes, Fred, and Pascal, and then you're going to try and just revamp this thing and come get, uh, come back next season, um, bigger, better, stronger, faster, with a better, a better uh, knowledge of who you are, and then you just try it again? Or are you like legit just like stripping this thing down? And mm. okay, we got Pascal, we got Scotty. You trade all three of the guys that I just mentioned, and you're you're obviously trying to get as many picks as possible. Right. And and Landry, if, if the Raptors were interested in Landry, I think he would be very available. Obviously, he's been injured yeah. recently. Um, I don't feel like the Suns, and this is something that we've seen multiple times in the past outside of Cam Johnson, they have not been very mm. good with like spot up off movement shooters utilizing them properly. Mm. They've kind of miscast Landry as a you know, you know combo guard who handles the ball a little bit. And he can do that, but like he's best flying off screens and hitting threes and they just don't really utilize that. I think the Raptors might be able to put that to use better um, because the fan base here is very low on Shamit because you look at his numbers, they're not as good as where he's been elsewhere in his career. Um, But his contract is not as bad as people think, you know, you look at it, it's very manageable salary per year. The last year I think is a Mm -hmm. team option. The third year is non-guaranteed. So it's definitely, if the Raptors would be interested in that, I think that would work better than Jay Crowder for both sides, probably. And there's two ways to look at Landry, because he is under contract for many years, is that Mm -hmm. you're getting a player that's under contract for a lot of years. It's not always ideal, especially when you're not sure what your direction is. But also, it's a very tradable contract, I think. You know, 10 mil, and the Raptors also have like a a flurry of tradable contracts, too. You got Chris Boucher making $12 million, Kem Birch, $6 million, Thad, 8 million. Um, I'm not sure what, like, I'm thinking the Suns probably want to get back into win now mode. So, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Boucher could probably help as a piece off the bench. Um, mm-hmm. Ken Birch hasn't seen the floor in a long, long time. Thad Young is a great leader. Maybe there's something that uh, makes sense there, but that's kind of the deal. Like if the Raptors were just like, we want Cam Johnson, that's someone that we really like. And then, you know, tag on like a Dario Saric or a Tory Craig because they're both expiring contracts and just give us a picks. Like they could do that, but I don't know if that's mm-hmm. going to fulfill, um, I guess the desire within mm-hmm. this trade, like OG is like heavily sought after. I'm going to be talking to some other people um, from mm-hmm. different teams um, right. who, who, yeah. Right. And uh, I don't know if that really meets the bar, at least for me. Mm-hmm. However, Cam Johnson, if the Raptors got him, um, I'd be pretty excited about that. That'd yeah. Be pretty- I mean, and Cam is a great young player. He's one of the smartest players. Like guys talk about how intelligent yeah. he is just on and off the court. Um, great guy for a locker room, great shooter. Obviously there are those concerns about, you know, durability and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think for the Suns, like they would, I, I think they would be okay with trading Cam in that deal just because you look at Ananobi's contract. It's one of the best bargains in the NBA for what he brings to the table. 
And I think with for now. the way the, yeah. for now, for now, yeah, for yes, now. Yes. Um, yeah. But with the way the salary cap's going up, I, I think yeah. agents are very cognizant of okay, mm-hmm. Cam Johnson's been really good. He's going to get an offer from somebody. Like yeah. it's, it might be more per year than what Ananobi's or around that range at least. Sure, and Cam's looked good since he got back. He has, yeah. He had a rough yeah. night uh, last night against the Hawks, but he was he's been lights out for the most yeah. part since returning. Yeah. Um, okay. So this was pretty cool. Um, I, yeah, I don't think, uh, Mikhail Bridges would be on the market, but I would love Mikhael Bridges if that were yeah. <laughs> to come about, um, Deandre Ayton. I mean, the Raptors, like they've been interested in, like, maybe they just feel mm-hmm. like they could make something happen with him. Um, maybe they feel like he, they could tap into his potential and he could a change of scenery might help him just like OG and Anobi is hoping a change of scenery reportedly, reportedly, right. um, could help him. We got to keep in mind too, that the Raptors don't have to trade OG. Um, mm-hmm. however, I think, and we're going to find out like next week. Um, but if they do trade him, I, I think that indeed tells us that, you know, OG is looking for a change. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, but I don't think they're going to, they're not going to settle. That's for sure. No. They're going to make sure that they get everything that they can possibly get for OG and we'll see where things go. Any closing thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I think either cam or DA would be a good asset for the Raptors, but I do agree that I think other teams might be able to outbid them. Like you look at Memphis, you look at new Orleans, those are yeah. teams that are reportedly interested might have more to offer. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if he goes anywhere and if he does, which team winds up bidding for him, uh, especially after a summer where we saw Rudy Gobert go for four picks or DeJounte Murray go for three. Like, yeah, geez. The, the name of the game is multiple picks now for good players. So Ain't we'll that see. the truth. Nice chatting with you, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.